All right, what's poppin'? Welcome back officially to the first video of this podcast, which still has no name, but we'll get to that eventually. I feel like it, it's better when it comes naturally instead of forced. I feel like there's going to be a moment where you're, when I say a word and I'm like, oh, that's the name of the podcast. So we'll wait for it. There's no pressure. Last video, there was a comment by Andres Marquez. Looks a lot better. Obviously, getting a proper camera and mic would be better, but the setup is looking a lot better. Maybe just the ring light to start off. Definitely. Hopefully, one day uh, we can make those adjustments. But, I mean, truth be told, there's, uh, there's YouTube channels that literally just film podcasts straight from a, an, uh, an iPhone. Like, they don't even use a mic. I'm using a mic at least. They'll just use an iPhone and they get hundreds of thousands of views. So the equipment equipment is not important. What's important is a substance. That's what's most important. There's even a lot of musicians who become obsessed with having the best speakers, mics, all this. Your your focus is is being directed incorrectly. Focus on what you're what you're producing. So um, I feel like as long as I'm focused on that will be a-okay, but at the same time, it's unimportant because like I said, this is all just to to become a better speaker myself. So let's get right into it. UFC, I said I was gonna I said I was going to speak about the UFC for my first official video. I want to um, pull up the UFC here, pull up all the uh, different weight divisions so I can um, give you my thoughts on each and every weight division, you know, my favorite um, favorite fighters favorite uh divisions favorite um upcoming fights if we can find it here rankings pound for pound we'll start from lowest to highest or highest to, no lowest to highest so we'll start off with the flight weight right now the the champ is davison figueroa um him and brandon moreno have fought three times the first time was a draw the second time brandon moreno won and then the third time um Davidson fun, uh, won, even though I believe Brandon won. I feel like Brandon should be the winner right now. The reason they they fought three times is because they've been pretty close, pretty close fights. So they want they want to really know who's the better fighter. But the judges gave it to Davidson, uh, unfortunately, which which I don't agree with. Um, so they were actually gonna do Brandon Reynolds versus Davidson Figueroa for the fourth time, but Davidson is asking for more money. And Dana White did to Davison what he's done to many other fighters that asked for more money. He said, all right, you don't want to fight them? Push them to the side. Now there's an interim belt. If you don't know what an interim belt is, it's um, when the champion is unable to fight due to injury or whatever circumstance, then they make an interim belt, which is in replace of, of the actual belt because the, the, the champ can't fight. So now it's Brandon Moreno versus Kai Kara France. Kai Car France fights out of New Zealand in city kickboxing, where Israel Adesanya and Alexander Volkanovsky fight. So he's a legit fighter, guys. There's a chance. This is this is going to be a really interesting fight. One of my favorite fighters is Brandon Reynolds. So I'm, of course I'm 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 supporting him, and I'm hoping he can he can get this win. One thing Brandon has is he's very durable. You can hit him with whatever you want. He was going to keep coming forward, putting out, trying to, to put out Brandon Moreno is nearly impossible. So if, if, if Kai Car France is able to do, do that, then hats off to him because you have to be a special person to be able to do that. 
And honestly, the flyweight division is a pretty dead division. I can't name many, many fighters, and most people don't really pay attention to it other than the top three fighters. So that's about it. Um, I guess a, a little bit of a, a little bit more uh, about the, that division. It was saved by Henry Cejudo because it was about to get um, uh, just like shut down. It was going to be removed as one of the divisions in the UFC. But Henry Cejudo beat Mighty Mouse, who, which Mighty Mouse was a champion for years and years and years and years. And he was so dominant that it was boring. It became a very boring division. But Henry Cejudo beat him. And he brought a lot of attention to it because he became a really, a really, um, what's the right word? People call him the cringe king because he 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 used social media. He would he would he would basically what he would do is try to make headlines. So he's trying to build up fights. So thanks to Henry Cejudo, the flight weight division lives on. So shout out to Henry. He might be coming back actually. Next up, bantamweight. The current champion is Aljamain Sterling. Um, he 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 fought Peter Yan. The first the first fight, Peter Yan illegally kneed Aljamain Sterling while he's down. If you don't know, you can't knee a you can't knee an opponent that has his knees if his knees are touching the floor. If you do, then you're disqualified. So uh, because of that, actually, Aljamain became becomes champion. If you're disqualified, you you lose. Uh, so they had a rematch, and people were all putting their bets on Peter Yan. Peter Yan's going to destroy this guy. Peter Yan's too has too dominant uh, is too dominant in the striking. But Aljamain Sterling wrestled him for five for five rounds straight, grabbed his back as much as he wanted him, held him for as long as he wanted him, and just just shut he shut Peter Yan down and all the all of his supporters. So that was a pretty crazy fight to watch. Um, uh, the second top bantamweight is TJ Dillashaw, who is a previous champion, but he got um, a two-year suspend. He he was suspended for two years because uh, he got caught using steroids. But he's on he's on the way back, and TJ TJ Dillashaw is a tough. He's a tough guy. If you want to talk about a fighter that's game, there's there's very few fighters that are more game than TJ Dillashaw. He's he he's just a guy that once you're in the ring with him he's he's not going to lose to you he chooses not he's not going to lose to you and he's not going to lose to you he's he's just one of those fighters so exciting to see his next fight and if he's going to be able to get his belt back and third we have jose aldo who has been a goat for years and years and years he's still at the top and there's you can't you can never count him out um number four is Corey sandahagen um, I do believe he will be champion one day. He he's he's phenomenal in 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 striking, um, and he just has the correct mind, correct mind to become champion. Marlon Vera, Cheeto Vera, he he's known for being one of the most hardest working athletes. He always wants to learn and improve, and he's shown that in his last couple of fights. He's he's climbing the rankings at a quick pace, so. Um, I believe he has a fight um, coming up with with a one of the top contenders. So if he wins his next fight, there's a big chance he can he'll be able to fight for the for the belt. Uh, we'll scroll down a bit. Number eight, Dominic Cruz. Again, like Jose Aldo, um, a goat that's been around for a long time, so you can never count him out. 
one of the smartest fighters also. He's he's a commentator along with with Joe Rogan in DC. And we have Sean O'Malley in 12th. Sean O'Malley um he's he's had a very different come up cuz as soon as he entered the UFC, he started garnering a fan base because he he's just um, he's very young, so he knows how to how how to use social media. He's kind of like if you have a mix of an MMA fighter and a SoundCloud rapper, if you combine that, you get Sean O'Malley. So he's garnered a, a big fan base as soon as he got in there. So. If you guys don't know this, when you when you first enter the UFC, you have a shitty contract of 13 and 13. What 13 and 13 means is 13,000 to fight and 13,000 to win. So if you lose your first, if you lose your fight, you're only getting 13,000. Half of that goes to taxes or some shit. Then you have to pay a percentage to your manager and another percentage to your trainers. So it's pretty tough when you're first starting off in the UFC. So because of that, Sean O'Malley, you know, he obviously brings a lot of ticket sales. He brings a lot of uh, pay-per-view sales. And he was his contract is like every other uh, fighter's contract, 13 and 13. I keep saying that funny, but um, uh, damn, I lost train of thought. Uh, so because of that, he didn't want to fight top guys. He's like, you guys want to pay me 13 and 13? All right, I'll fight. I'll, I'm only going to fight. Unranked, unranked fighters. So his first five fights were unranked fighters, where he easily, easily dominated them. But now that he has his new contract, he was able to negotiate and convince the UFC that he is deserving. So now finally he's fighting ranked fighters. Um, <clears throat> his last fight was a no contents because of a supposed eye poke, which uh, is uh, no one, which is um, uh. How do you say it? Like half, half the people think it was, half the people think it wasn't. Um, but you can never know. That's about it for bantamweight. So we can now move on to featherweight. The champion is Alexander Volkanovsky. Um, he's probably the best fighter right now in the UFC, which is really impressive because he's so short for his division. Um, because he's so short, he has to figure different ways of, of winning. He has to be, he has to probably train harder than most people. And even through all that, all those obstacles, he's still somehow the champion. And then in his last fight, he destroyed Max Holloway, which has never been done. Um, and it was insane to watch. So honestly, the featherweight, it was like... All the featherweights down here, and then Max Holloway and Alexander just above everybody at a at a whole different level. But now Alexander Volkanovski just leveled himself even farther away from the pack. So that's why there's talks of him fighting up a weight class to become a double champ. Um, but up there is Charles Oliveira. So that, although Alexander's a badass against Charles, that that's. That's insane to me. That like, right now I'm thinking Charles is gonna destroy him, but you can never count Alexander out. He just has the, he has the, one of the toughest uh, mentalities. He he, to to win a fight you have to be so mentally tough, and I feel like he's 
everyone in the UFC is obviously mentally tough, but I feel like he's just even more tough. He's elite amongst the elite, which is insane. Um, so yeah, we have Max Holloway, who who was champ for years and years and years. Um, right below Alexander. Below that, we have Brian Ortega, who is a jiu-jitsu specialist. <clears throat> but he had a two-year layoff where he became a badass striker. So he's now an, an amazing striker, an amazing... Uh, um, and he has an amazing ground game. He just doesn't have any... He doesn't really do any takedowns, um, which he's been okay without. <clears throat> um, you guys should watch his fight against... Um, the Korean zombie. <clears throat> he has a crazy spinning back elbow there. And then below Brian, we have Yair <clears throat> Rodriguez, who also has a crazy spinning back elbow against Korean zombie. Um, and they actually fought today. Brian Ortega had a, I didn't watch the fight because I didn't know they were in the morning for some reason. Brian Ortega dislocated his shoulder, so he, he lost the fight. So I haven't watched the video or anything. So that was that's that's that, that's a weird outcome. Um, that's about it, it for that division. So now we have lightweight, which there is no champion right now because Charles Oliveira missed weight in his last, uh, fight. Um, but Charles is the un, un, unnamed king of that weight division. He has, if you're going to the ground with Charles, he's going to choke you out. He's going to break your arm. You don't want to... Whenever a fighter goes down with Charles, you can see they're panicking. They're trying to get back up because they know what's about to happen. And then Charles Oliveira, um striking game has been getting better and better and better and better over the years where now he's messing people up in the, in the stand-up. So now he's just, what do you do against him? And then if, if you have him hurt, he always does this thing where he goes back on he'll, – he'll fall on his back to try to lure you in to him. So if you hurt him, obviously you want to pounce on him to finish the fight. But he doesn't stay he, – he won't stay up. Like he'll, he'll purposely fall down so that you can go down with him and he's just going to do his thing down there. Um, but what Justin Gaethje, Justin Gaethje and most fighters do when he falls down, they, it's time to get back up. But even then – 10, 20 seconds passed by, so Charles recovered. So that's like his little cheat code. Whenever he's rocked or hurt, he'll go back on his back. Uh, under him, we have Dustin Poirier. Uh, he, his last fight, he lost to Charles. He hasn't fought since. Um, might be fighting Michael Chandler next, maybe. But yeah, he's going to have to win a couple of fights before fighting for the belt again. Justin Gaethje just lost. He just fixed his nose which he said he's had messed up for years. So he's been a, he's been breathing out of his mouth only for years. So who knows? He fixes his nose and his whole life changes and he be, he, he gets a couple wins and beats Charles, gets, his, gets the belt. Uh, that would be interesting to watch, see how, how that nose surgery benefits him. We have Michael Chandler, just an all-around good fighter. The 155 weight division is just a stacked weight division. It's always been a, a stacked one because the majority of humans fall around that uh, weight range. So there's so much competition there. But Neo Dariush, a solid, solid fighter that nobody 
nobody speaks about and nobody gives him a chance because he has no social media presence. Rafael uh, Fiziev, I don't know how to say his last name, but he's on the come up. He's looking, he's looking badass. Oh, I skipped Islam Makachev. Islam Makachev is like Habib's brother. Uh, he fights very similar to Habib and he's looking like, I want to see him versus Charles. That will be an insane fight to watch. Um, just because it would be like watching Habib versus Charles. Many people believe Habib is the best uh, 155er ever because he's never lost, but he retired. People wish they could see Habib versus Charles, but the best thing we can get is Islam versus Charles would be a huge fight and a, an amazing fight to watch. Um, but yeah, we also have that uh, Rafael Fiziev. He he has a hundred percent takedown defense. He's never been taken down, so he's really good at that. And he has amazing uh, Muay Thai. We also have Tony Ferguson in eleventh. Just one of my favorite favorite fighters ever. Um, he's on it. He's on like a five streak losing streak. Um, but he's all his fights are entertaining, so I don't think they're gonna cut him. I hope they don't. He doesn't deserve, deserve that. Conor McGregor in 12. Um, he's set to come back to fight later next year or something like that. Honestly, I don't, I don't think he will ever be champion again. Although the UFC, um, although he can pick a fight, like he can, if he wants to fight for the belt right now, he can. No one's going to fight against that because when McGregor fights, the pay-per-view sales go up 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 and up like he'll sell millions ticket sales for the stadium will sell for thousands so no one can deny him so he can wait for a, a champion that that he will have an advantage over right now charles i don't think he's gonna i don't think he's gonna hang with charles at all so he has to wait for like a maybe like a like a justin gaethje or a michael chandler who's just going to strike. I mean, they might go for a takedown, but for the most part, they're just going to strike with him. That would be his best bet. But other than that, I don't see him ever becoming a champion again. Let me check the camera make sure it's still recording. I will be so mad if it's not. Oh, thank God. So next up, we have welterweight. Champion is Kamaru Usman, who is between him and Alexander. They're like the top pound for pound top fighters. They're they're both so dominant. Um, Kobe Covington under him. Um, if Kamaru Usman was not a fighter, Kobe Covington would be champion right now. Kobe Covington can beat anyone except for Kamaru. So that's why, that's why, um, that's just what makes Kamaru even more special. That he just, you know, he's a level above above Kobe, which Kobe can beat anyone. Um, and second, we have Leon Edwards. We're going to see Leon Edward, Edwards versus Kamaru Usman next month or something like that. Uh, Leon Edwards, just another solid fighter. He's a solid striker. I think Leon is a better striker, but Kamaru is a better wrestler. Um, but Kamaru has more power. Kamaru can put him out where Leon, I don't think he's ever knocked anyone out. But he just dominates fighters. So 
Um, I, I think Kamara wins. Hamzat Shimaev in third place. Uh, Hamzat, uh, when he first joined the UFC, he was on a rampage, just shooting for takedown, destroying everybody. It was like watching magic. Like you were just like, how is this guy real? Like he was just going through people. You guys should watch Hamzat Shimaev's come up until his last fight, until he met Gilbert Burns. That was a war, and that was his first ever war. And it was like after that fight, he like we all looked at him differently because we all thought he was like he's about to run through everybody and grab the belt from Kamaru. But after that Gilbert fight, we were like, oh, he's human, but he still won. And honestly, it was an insane jump. He was like Gilbert was like number three, top three in the best in the world. And Hamza was like top 15, top. So we've never seen a jump like that to that. Because once you're in the top five, once you're fighting someone in the top five, you're fighting the the mo- the, the elite fighters. Um, to make it to the top five, you can consider yourself like one of the best ever. So he went from 15 to a number two or three, whatever Gilbert was, which was insane to do. And he won. He still won. But he just... People people no longer see him as this magical being anymore. Um, and yeah, under there we have Gilbert Burns, which just a badass. Top five fighter. Um, Jorge Masvidal in eight. Will never be champion, but he can still sell big fights. Um, a big fight would be him versus Connor. Him versus Hamza, him versus Cole. Oh, well, him versus Kobe just happened. I forgot. Uh, yeah, just fights like that. Those would be oh versus Nate again or Nick. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have middleweight. The champion Israel Adesanya. He's been champion for a couple years now, three. Um, but he's been very active. I've never seen a fighter so active as him. He fights every. Like, his first year, he fought five times, which is unheard of. Um, his last couple fights, he's he's gotten some heat for just playing it safe, staying, staying at range, staying at distance from the fighter, and just, you know, picking up points. But it's not his fault, because if the, the people that are fighting against him, like his last fight, Jared Cannonier, was also playing it safe, was just... Wasn't taking any risk, and honestly, like every fighter he fights, keep keeps doing this, and people keep blaming Israel. I don't think you should be blaming Israel. Um, Jared, yeah, maybe it was a good idea, but after three rounds and you're down three zero, you should realize, hey, I'm down three zero. This fourth round, I should probably start taking risks because I'm gonna lose. And if he would have done that, maybe he could have won. Or maybe most likely Israel was going to knock him out if he took risk. So that's probably why they don't take risk. Because once you take a risk against Israel, that's when he, that's when he'll take advantage and just slap you around. But what else are you going to do? Just just lose on points. Um, so yeah, uh, we also have Robert Whitaker, who is, I mean, kind of like the Colby and Kamaru situation. If Israel didn't exist. Robert Whitaker would have been champion for a long time by now. He was champion before Israel. Um, 
and he he's only lost to Israel in his last um, however many fights. He's beaten everyone except for Israel. Marvin Vittori, he's an Italian Italian fighter, which is pretty interesting. There's not many Italian fighters. He grew up in Italy, and then at the age of like 20 or something, he did he fell in love with MMA, so he moved to the UK to pursue it, uh, which is pretty cool. Derek Brunson, Paulo Costa. If you guys want to follow uh, someone entertaining on Twitter, follow Paulo Costa. Alex Pereira. Um, Alex Pereira is a kickboxer, as Israel Adesanya was before joining the MMA. Uh, Alex Pereira is the only person to ever knock out Israel Adesanya. So when... When Alex saw Israel join MMA, Alex started MMA as well, but in other organizations. And he just picked up a couple wins. The UFC signed him, gave him gave him a fight. He knocked that guy out. They gave him another fight. He knocked that guy out. But those were unranked fighters. And I think his third fight, I think that was his third fight, versus Sean Strickland, who was number... Sean Strickland was number five or number six, but they purposely sh- chose Sean Strickland because they knew Sean Strickland. Because, um, for example, Alex, if he fights someone that knows how to wrestle, he's gonna he's gonna lose. If a kickboxer joins MMA and just has n- has never fought an elite wrestler, which most UFC UFC fighters are, they're gonna get taken down. Unless you're Israel Adesanya, who learned how to do takedown defense. Um, so Alex Pereira was gifted the fight with Sean Strickland, who is the number six fighter. But he's like a he's like a meathead. If you listen to his interviews, you'd, you'd understand the type of person he is. So like, like in fight week, he was saying the whole time, I'm, like he's, he didn't want to. He didn't want to wrestle. He let his ego get to him. He's like, I'm just going to strike with him. People think he's a better striker than me. I'm going to strike with him. If he would have simply wrestled, he would have won this fight with ease. He decided to strike with him. And if you strike against an an elite striker, you're going to get knocked out like he did. So now Alex Pereira, after only three fights, they're going to gift him the fight versus Israel Adesanya, which kind of sucks because if Alex wins... Alex loses to any other fighter. If Alex fights against Robert Whitaker, Jared Cannonier, Marvin Vittori, Derek Brunson, they're all going to take him down and just manhandle him, manhandle him and just ground and pound. So I don't know. I don't know if that's the smartest thing to do um, for the UFC because if Alex wins, what are you going to do now? He's going to lose to any other fighter. Light heavyweight, we have Jiri Prochaska, uh, who also won the belt after only like three fights in the UFC, three or four fights. But he has heart. His last fight versus Glover was insane to watch. Somehow, he submitted the jiu-jitsu, uh, the jiu-jitsu god in the light heavyweight division, Glover Teixeira, um, in the fifth round with like seconds left to to for the fight for the last round and glover was actually going to win that fight if it went if it went to the to the judges 
Um, but that was such an insane fight. If you want to watch one of Jiri's best knockouts, watch the one against um, Dominic Reyes. That was a nasty, nasty knockout. Honestly, light, heavy, light heavyweight is also a pretty stale division. There's not a lot of big names there or, or anything like that. So we'll move on to heavyweight. Champ is Francis Ngannou, which is his his contract ran out. But it's once you fight your last fight in the contract, you still have another year with the UFC. So um, they're having some issues with him because he wants to be like a free fighter that fights in the UFC but can also choose to box. He wants to be like a, uh, a fighter that has more freedom, which has never been done before unless you're Conor McGregor. Um, so that's a, bit, that's, that's a bit confusing there. So we'll see what happens there. But Francis Ngannou is like the Mike Tyson of MMA. Uh, definitely one of the most most uh, entertaining fighters and a fighter with an insane amount of power. Uh, you, if you haven't seen his knockout against, um, what's that guy's name? From Netherlands. I forget his name. But yeah. I mean, all of his all of his knockouts are crazy, uh, but also in heavyweight we have Stipe Miocic, which it's looking like he's gonna fight against John Jones next, and it might be for the intern belt since Francis Ngannou is not gonna fight. So, I believe that's gonna be a, that's gonna get announced later, like during winter time. So that's that's something to look out for. Other than that, a probable. A probable upcoming champion could be Tom Aspinall from from UK. He can definitely he definitely has a potential. I think he's fighting against Curtis Blades, which will be a tough fight. But if he does that, if he gets if he gets past Curtis Blades with ease, then and that's when you know he he's a real deal. But yeah, that's about it. We went through everything. Let's see what else is here. <clears throat> yeah, that's it. I mean, the weight, the women's weight division. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to go over the weights of it, the women's weight division. So yeah, that's about it. <clears throat> A little brief, <clears throat> brief story of each each weight division. So now you know a little bit more about each fighter. Obviously, there's so many fighters in the UFC. I can't go over everyone. <clears throat> Just when. I went. I went over the the most important fighters in each division, and and, and yeah. So hopefully you guys enjoyed that. Till next time, peace.